0: Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have Sarah Desmone. Sarah is the owner of the Lounge Shop Buffalo. Uh, Sarah, how are we doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. So um, Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: Um, so for people listening that don't really know, um, one, who are you? Who is Sarah? And what is the Lounge Shop Buffalo? Okay able to describe it way better than me
1: yes so i am sarah obviously i live in buffalo new york born and raised i'm 24 and i own the lounge shop so the lounge shop is an online retail store it's really focused more on buffalo themed loungewear so anything from sweatshirts joggers hats t-shirts anything that keeps you comfy being in Buffalo and then also cute. So it's really women's based. Um, I'm working on my men's line. So stay tuned coming Mm -hmm. soon. But I started it about nine months ago. So I am still pretty new, but it really exploded during the pandemic. I was crazy enough to start my own business Quit my job during the pandemic, and I mean it's just been such a such a success. Um, it's been awesome. So I, I'm in growth mode right now. I can barely keep up. Don't get a lot of sleep, but it's really fun. It's really rewarding, and I'm just really humbled by the great response that I'm getting from everyone, really all over the country.
0: That's awesome. I don't think you're crazy at all. I love hearing <laughs> shit like that. Um, only and the only reason I say that which uh I get told by a lot of good friends they roll their eyes when I say it but I hate when people are like be realistic because I don't I genuinely don't know what I don't know what that means I hate it (laughs) yeah because obviously like what's realistic for you may not be for me and vice versa obviously um so did what was the you know kind of going back to the origins of all this so the pandemic hit you're in quarantine, were you happy in what you were doing as a job or did you always know you wanted to be your own boss? Like kind of like what were the initial thought process behind, okay, I'm, I'm not really trying to do this anymore with your job that you quit?
1: Yeah, so I graduated from, from UB from college in 2019. And out of school, I um, was looking for jobs and then I eventually found a wedding coordinator position. So I was a wedding and event coordinator Um, and you know, in the beginning it was really fun. It was awesome. It's a really cool position. I mean, you learn so much about the wedding and event industry really. Um, it's great, but right when the pandemic hit is right when I really took off and started being my own leader during the weddings, I had all of these brides and grooms and then the pandemic hit. It was, I mean, for anyone who had to postpone a wedding or cancel their wedding. I'm sure they can say this too. It was really catastrophic. It was horrible for these brides and grooms. And we really had to navigate around New York state and all of the new regulations, everything going on with weddings. Weddings weren't fun. Um, It was really hard. I was working probably 50, 60 hours um, just to really catch up with all of these messages, inquiries about weddings and what are we going to do? I wasn't happy. Um, I loved who I worked with. I loved the company. The girls really were awesome there, but I really wasn't happy. I needed to find something that would really fulfill me. So it all started, I was on Amazon and I bought two blank white sweatshirts and I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to have some fun after work. I'm going to do some tie dye. Maybe I'll do some Buffalo bills gear. Like just for myself, I wanted to um, be cute and cozy while working from home, answering emails, phone calls, all of that. And even my friends, they were like, hey, yeah, if you make anything, like, let's tie-dye together. So I made two things. I made a blue tie-dye-themed and then a pink tie-dye-themed sweatshirt. Posted them on Instagram and my Snapchat, and it it really just blew up from there. People, my friends were saying, "Wait, can can I buy this from you? Do you do you have a shop? Or are you just making this for yourself? Like, what's going on?" So I made the lounge shop buff Instagram from there, and then all of a sudden, I had all these design ideas come to me, um, things that I wanted to wear. I mean. I love Buffalo. I Like I said, I'm born and raised. I'm so passionate about Buffalo. So I wanted to make sure that I was wearing this gear everywhere, wherever I traveled, wherever I go. But I didn't want super bright and gaudy gear. I mean, for anyone who knows the lounge shop, it's very neutral. I have mm-hmm. lots of sand colors, whites, blacks. I'm all about the neutral colors. If you look in my closet, I have all black. <laughs> So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. Neutral colors, not super bright. I do have a few tie-dye things that I started with, but I really just started having so much fun branching out, um, making these designs. And then all of these orders came in. I was working two jobs. I was working the, at the wedding venue as a coordinator. And then at night, immediately when I got home, I would grab Tim Hortons on my way home. I would eat like a bagel for dinner. And then I would go right to working. Um, You can even ask my roommate. It was crazy. I would just stay up most of the night and then my alarm would go off early and I'd be back at the wedding venue. It was just so crazy at one point. I knew that I had to pick one or the other and which one made me happier, which one made me more fulfilled. And hell yeah, I want to be my own boss. So I quit my job and now we're here
0: that's amazing <laughs> i think that's awesome um there's a couple things there uh I, you already have a customer and me the second launch, launched <laughs> the guys the guys line and stuff because i'm a sucker for i think i have an addiction to buying hoodies and sweaters
1: yes and then
0: obviously i think well because you can also wear it with shorts and stuff like that as well um so that's one two um not to be cliche or sound corny but i just wanted to ask you about it um did you find it a bit, sh- not shocking, but a little bit surprising once you said you started doing this, you ordered uh, blank canvas hoodies off Amazon, you started making stuff and then people were hitting you up about it. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, and obviously at the time you weren't making money, you weren't being paid for it. Did you find it a little bit surprising how like, once you started doing it, it just started taking off and all these ideas can kind of came flooding into you. Um, and the only reason I asked that that way is because... I like to study successful people and learn about them. And a lot of people I have, I would say like rappers and musicians and stuff, they all say that when doing something that they find to be fun or passionate about, that's when those ideas come flooding in. So it's kind of in a way that you can't just kind of be like, okay, what do I want to do? I want to make clothes because that'll make me money. It's more so of like, you got to pick something that you, I I don't want to say passionate, but more so have... An invested fun interest in, and then mm-hmm. that's when you unlock your creativity. It's not the other way around.
1: Oh, yeah. I was honestly, I mean, I never had designs in a booklet or things that I've been working on, like graphics in my computer. I didn't have any of that. It really was just in the moment. What, when I was sitting in front of my vinyl machine, I was like, okay, what can I make that I would want to wear? And I just thought of two different designs, printed them out, heat pressed them onto sweatshirts, and Those are two of my most popular designs. The very first two ones, I was just sitting there on my kitchen floor (laughs) and they came to me. So it was a lot of trial and error after that with other designs, but I was shocked how many people liked them. People said they were unique and original. People wanted them. And I I just still can't believe to this day. I've hit over – I'm right at 1,000 sales on Etsy, um, but I have sales in local markets, boutiques, all of that outside of Etsy. So I've hit over 1,000 sales. That means right around 1,000 people, um, give or take, of course, around the country are wearing something that I handmade. And I that blows my mind that people genuinely like what I designed. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Um, great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but – it's just so cool to me
0: it is kind of crazy if you really think about it i had a couple episodes ago i had um colin walsh on and he does Mm -hmm. filmmaking and cinematography he Mm -hmm. lives in new york city and he was basically saying how if you really think about it it's almost like mind-blowing to him how you either hit a button or you hit send or something and that has the ability to reach thousands upon thousands of people and it before you hit that button it's something that maybe you yourself or a group of people sitting in a room, came up with the idea, designed it, and then they hit that button to send it out to the world. And then I don't want to say millions, but like thousands upon thousands of people are just like, I like this. I love it. Who, Who designed it? I want it. Oh yeah. And the other thing I was thinking about too was, how did did you learn all this stuff like did you go to business school or were you just like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just gonna (laughs) as I as I go just throw shit at a wall and see what
1: sticks (laughs) I still don't know what I'm doing but no so I actually my freshman year of college I actually went to the University of Dayton in Ohio Mm -hmm. it was so much fun it was awesome I majored in communications there and then After one year, so two two semesters went by, and there was really something missing. It was, I don't know if it was the people or where I was. It was Ohio, and I was really missing that homey Buffalo feeling. I mean, there was just something not there. So I actually ended up transferring my sophomore year to the University of Buffalo, and I stayed there for the next three years. I ended up graduating in 2019. Now, I majored in communications with a focus in media, social media. Um, So I was not a marketing major, a business major, anything like that. I really kind of learned everything that I know today through internships and really just hands-on work. One internship that really, I would say, changed my life completely was I worked for UB Social. So that is the official social media pages for the University at Buffalo. I had, by far, the best women mentors there, Erin and Rebecca. They mean everything to me to this day. I really learned so much. I was inspired just the fact that I had no experience. I had no social media experience at that time, but they saw passion in me. They saw this light. They knew that I was going to be a strong woman leader and they picked me. That um, We had a small team of really awesome people. Jacob was my manager at that time too. All three of them, I really have looked up to them. I learned so much about social media, marketing, and I learned about how to take pictures, editing, graphic design, even video design, all of that I learned and then I ended up um, having so much experience from that internship. I had an internship in New York City the following summer at Casper. Now for anyone that doesn't know what Casper is, it is, they sell mattresses so it's all those really funky Casper commercials this was the coolest internship ever. I mean, I was 21 living in New York City. It was like the peak (laughs) of everything. But I learned so much more about social media. And I learned a lot about retail in that position. So through those two internships, I learned about social media, how to present yourself, um, retail, everything that has really brought me to the lounge shop where I am today. So school classes didn't help me really. I mean, they were great. I had some great professors, but I would say my internships are what really drove me and made me discover my passions.
0: That's, yeah, that's that's amazing. That actually leads me to the next thing I want to ask you, which was how big are you on working for free? And when I say working for free, I don't mean obviously turn down money, mm-hmm. but when you did that in. Was it, was it paid or no?
1: Oh yeah. So I only looked for paid internships. Now I know there were a lot of unpaid internships out there, but personally, I mean, if I was something, if I was very passionate and I found an internship that I really loved that was not paid, I would consider it, but I couldn't afford my car. I had to pay for my apartment, my car. I really couldn't afford to live without a paid internship. So I had Mm -hmm. to find internships that were paid and they really both worked out in the end.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't sure. That's why I wanted to ask before yeah. I went on with what I was saying because I don't want to, you know, sound hypocritical or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I've always found, and because I've done it, mm-hmm. I've always found that when you offer up your ability to work for free, obviously you were doing the internship. You didn't know that you were going to do Lounge Shop Buffalo. Like you had no idea at that time.
1: No clue, yeah. Um,
0: looking backwards, I've always found that the best experiences that I've had and where I've learned the most have always come from working for free or working Mm -hmm. for less pay just to uh, be be exposed to that opportunity or learn from someone specifically because that Mm -hmm. way you can see like the ins and outs of how they do things. And then you can take all that information and then apply it to something else or apply it to something that you want to do, which you obviously did with the Lounge Shop Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And then when you look back on it, you realize you can't really put a price tag on that type of information.
1: You really can't. I mean, looking back on it now, if if I had to go back and if those internships weren't paid, I a hundred percent would still go for them. If I had to go back and take away all that money, um, it, they were so worth it. Clearly, all of my experience, my passions, I've just even networking through those events. Um, Through those internships, I met Randy Zuckerberg um, through UB social event. I got to ask her a few questions, which was so cool. I mean, she's such a role model for all women entrepreneurs. I went up to her really quickly at the end, there was a huge line of people I remember wanting to talk to her. Um, I was one of the only women And I said, I would love to work for you one day. You are just such an inspiration to all women entrepreneurs. And she said, no, Sarah, I want to work for you one day. So I will never forget when she told me that, um, like I said, all these internships, they were priceless. So I agree Mm. with you on that. If I had to go back and they weren't paid, 100% would still do them.
0: um, Now, this, again, might sound cliche or corny, but when she said that to you, did you feel more confident in yourself?
1: Oh yeah. I went home and I think I told everyone that. <laughs> okay. Cause I, I have, oh, it was great.
0: I have a theory, which I mean, I, um, I'm kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll meet one day and we'll have a little bit more uh, of a personal conversation get to know each other better and stuff. But I sometimes have out there thoughts where like, I think of shit that's like not necessarily like true um, <laughs> and it kind of like rubs people the wrong way. But what I've come to realize with myself and that with you and then other people is that it all it takes is one person that you look up to to just be like like say something to you that is like wow and then you attribute that to that person when really it's in you the entire time you just needed to hear it if oh, that yeah. makes sense so how much um after she said that have you had like any i would say like inflection point within yourself where you're just like wait a second like I've always believed this about myself. I just maybe wasn't in the right environment to go full head of steam down that belief.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that was before I, um, that was right during one of my very first internships, right when I got in, when she told me that um, she really lifted me up. I thought to myself, wow, I landed this internship out of so many applicants the interviewers, they said they could see the passion just burning inside of me. And then Randy Zuckerberg, this amazing woman entrepreneur, said this to me. At that time, I mean, this, like I said, probably sounds cliche and corny. But at that time, I knew I was meant for more, for bigger things. I wanted to take on such a role, either really high up in a company or being my own boss. I knew at that time that I stood out from the crowd. I wanted to work my ass off to do, um, to make myself happy, to pursue all my passion. So that definitely helped me. And from there, it was just up.
0: Now, the work is, the work is work. Like, obviously, you got to, whether you're working 40 hours a week for someone else, or you're doing your own thing, you ultimately have to put in the work and stuff like that. Do you think that people um and I know you said you're just getting started I'm just getting started with the podcast (laughs) and then like other business things I'm working on and ventures I have it's more so of like I you know talking with friends I'm always confused is it more so of people shy away from doing their own thing because they don't want to put in the work and when I say don't put in the work it's not that they're lazy it's just that they have that fear of like oh I'll miss out on uh, certain things with friends I'll miss out on you know, going to this party or I'll miss out on going to that. Cause when you're ultimately your own boss, um, I know I had Taylor on, she said it. And then, you know, a lot of other people that are their own bosses that have been on say it is that it's 24 seven. Like, it's not like you can just be like, okay, it's five o'clock I'm clocking out. It's like, no, if you're your own boss and you're in business for yourself, it's 24 seven. Like you're working on the weekends and things Mm -hmm. like that. So do you think in your opinion, at least, um, people don't jump into wanting to be their own boss, um, because of that fear of the unknown, or is it more so the idea of like, I'm always going to be working. And I'm going to miss out on things. Or like, what do you think holds people up outside of that self-belief?
1: See, I think it's really the fear of not knowing how to start it, the fear of the not knowing going into it. Will I make money? Will I be a success? Um, of course it's a ton of work, of course, but I think people really shy away from it because they're, they're scared. They want to continue with their traditional job where they feel safe and secure. I mean, it was terrifying quitting my job, leaving. I contemplated that for months and months. And even the day when I finally told everyone that I was leaving, I was, I was terrified. People would say, I, I had to stay strong because people would say, well, what are you going to do in the summer when people don't wear sweatshirts? How will you make your money? And people will say, well, you only have your apartment. How will you do this? Um, People really doubted me and I had to stay strong. I had to stay confident and know that what I was doing, it would be so much work, a hell of a lot of work, but, I knew what I was doing. I was confident. I knew people liked what I produced, um, confident in myself, my work. So I just really tried to erase that fear and pursue this. And I'm so happy I did. I think it's so worth it to really get over those fears. Even if you try it out, I thought to myself, you know what, if I fail, I tried it, I put everything into it. I could just do something else. You can always do something else. So I think, hell yeah, pursue it, and just really try to chase your dreams.
0: What does that mean to you exactly, chase your dreams? Because I feel as though um, it's lost in translation, and the message itself isn't, like, it's simplistic. Obviously, me Mm and you understand it, but it's not, it's, like, simplistic. Like, explaining it in a simplistic way doesn't always correlate and make sense to people. Um, So, like, to you, what does it mean to, like, chase your dreams?
1: So I mean, of course, chasing your dreams can mean something like so much more. Like, oh, I'd love to li- live in Italy for the rest of my life. But <laughs> yeah. that that's a big dream. I'll I'll get there eventually. But. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, chasing my dreams, it means. So at any other job I was working, especially being in the event industry, I had to work on weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, I missed out on a lot with my friends, my family. I missed out on so much, just working and working. My dream was to... Just be relaxed at what I do, love what I do, and be happy at what I do while also making sure I have time for myself. That's a dream, just living every single day for yourself, um, being happy. I mean, it's just the little things, waking up, having time to go to the gym, like make your own breakfast, make a smoothie. Like, it sounds so little and silly, but it's just so it's so nice to be able to make my own schedule be my own boss that's really just the dream i mean being happy
0: mhm and before we get back into like the whole like the lounge shop specifically um do you think that it is because how we're conditioned from school our environment of you know, you got to make money, you got bills to pay, um, you know, you have student loans to pay back, all these different types of things that we're almost in a way conditioned into the fear of you need to make money. So people are so focused and I'm specifically talking about like our age group um, because we're around the same age is more so of like, we're so focused on like the money, 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 money versus like building something that one day could make us money. And the only reason I ask it that way is because a lot of my friends have, I hear all the time, they're like, they're making 50, 60, 70,000, but they're like, fuck, bro, like, I am miserable. Like, this yeah. sucks. Like, I wanna go work somewhere else. So I wanna do something like, like this. But it's more so of like, people are so focused on the money because, you know, we're always told, get married before 30, buy a house. You, oh. <laughs> you wanna, don't, don't, don't take big risks because you need to have money for retirement and all that. But on the flip side of it, not talking shit, just being real. Mm -hmm. the you see in their free people in their free time they're just getting fucked up at the bars and it's just like that's not bad if that's what you want to do but it's like all that time that you could be do building something um you're wasting with no potential return on investment like yeah you're making memories being fucked up or making memories taking a trip and stuff but it's like if you're not taking the baby steps to build something or advance in some way shape or form you, it's like you look back in 10 years and it's like, say if the lounge shop's in the Galleria Mall or mm-hmm. the lounge shop does a collab with Lululemon, a lot of people are going to look at you and be like, fuck, Sarah's an overnight success or Sarah got lucky, but they didn't see you working nine to five and then from five to 2 a.m. Figuring out how to make designs, figuring out how to grow the business, figuring out all these things. And all those years add up into one overnight success. And people are like, well, what the fuck? And I don't think that school um, in a way kind of cultivates that or allows people that idea of like, Hey, you, you could really build something. You just got to like put in the work and network with the proper people and, and taking the time to educate yourself. Like what are your thoughts on all that?
1: Yeah, no, I think I totally agree with you. So I think people our age, I mean, and a little bit older too, are so conditioned. Okay. I just graduated from college. Let me look for my nine to five job. Let me look on Indeed, LinkedIn, like what job can I get? What office job can I get? And, I've had the office jobs. I've worked nine to five. I've, I've done it all. I started working when I was 15 at Wegmans and I've had every job under the sun. Um, but even when I started working events and weekends, uh, love my, love my parents, love my dad to death, but he would say, Sarah, don't you just want a regular job? Don't you want to work nine to five? You get Saturday, Sunday off. Don't you want that? And I would say, dad, I I don't maybe, that's what you love to do. Maybe you love your Saturday and Sundays off and back to the grind on Monday. But that's not who I am. And I think so many people in my life tried to program that in me and everyone I know. I mean, a lot of my friends have the classic nine to five job, nine to eight, really, they're they're pretty stressed. But um, I just think we're so conditioned with that. And I don't think that's how it should be. I think we should learn in school. I mean, they don't teach you that you can work your hours, you can do all this, you can pursue anything outside of an office. Um, so yeah, I think that that really should not be the norm. And I'm mm-hmm. happy to spread the word on that. And I always do whenever I talk to other small business owners. Um, I love talking about that, because our mindsets are so similar that I wish I would have this years ago.
0: Yeah, no. And uh, like, I had the fortunate like, I'm not gonna make it seem like I, I know a lot because I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my fucking ass from my elbow most of the time. Um, I just uh, good at making it seem like I don't. But my the thing is, is like so. You know, I pretty much say this on every episode, and anyone that listens to the podcast consistently is probably sick of hearing it by now. But my mom had me when she was 17, raised me on her own, and growing up, she was always like, "Look, you need to figure out how to make money." And getting a job does not do that. Yes, it does in theory. And yes, like you're collecting a check. But if you aren't getting that check anymore, how, how are you making money? You got to figure out how you can make money based off of your personality, your skills, things that you can build. And I, you know, just a little things like that I would hear there and there. And then obviously, I always was like, okay, well, when athletes retire, they get into business is someone giving them money or like, how does this work? So I've always been focused on, you know, how do, how do we make money? Cause a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know how to do that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know how to do it. I'm slowly, but surely learning. But that was one thing I always had an issue with, with school is school doesn't teach you how to make money. It teaches you how to, to be uh, a slave to money in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with your business and stuff, you know, well, for people that want to get in the business, you, okay, you started making hoodies and it's like, okay, great. I did a sale or you (laughs) sold 50 hoodies. It's like, woo, okay. Well, what happens when it's like your friend said, it's summertime. You're people aren't buying hoodies in the summertime. Now you have to pivot, adapt and adjust. And you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll make uh, t t-shirts and I'll do these things. But like in that process, you may not be knowing it at the time, but you're teaching yourself how to be profitable and how to make money. If that makes sense. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I always have to change and adapt to the seasons. I mean, I always tell people it's always sweatshirt season in Buffalo because it could snow in August. But it's- that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know. It's crazy study. but you really have to learn to adapt. I and mean, I'm learning every single day. I even at the very beginning when I made those two sweatshirts and people were like, "Oh, can I buy them? How much?" I was like, "Oh, oh shit! Wait, I have to price these." I I was just clueless. How much should I make my profit margin? What should I do? Um, It was just crazy to think, okay, I have to factor in all of my supplies. I have to factor in the product. And then how much is my time worth? What do I want to pay myself? And what's worth it? And what do I deserve? So every single day, I I learn new things like that. And even when coming out with new products, I really have to take time to evaluate that each time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's hard, you know, no one teaches you this stuff. Even when, when tax season hit, I was clueless. I still, so I'm currently an LLC, which is awesome. But now I have to do Mm -hmm. quarterly taxes and no one teaches you. I am, I was lost. I had to call New York state and just be like, help. I I was like, I am new. I don't know what I'm doing. Can someone walk me through this? And sometimes you just got to do that. But a lot of this I've been learning on my own, Mm-hmm. um but I talked to other business owners Buffalo has such um, a really strong group of women business owners even like Taylor I will text her randomly at 11 o'clock and be like hey I have a tax question like it's just I am really lucky to have met all of these women entrepreneurs in Buffalo these small businesses who have really helped answer my questions and hopefully I can answer some along the way as well as we've have all you- learned
0: No, of course. I mean, obviously, that's the only way you learn is by asking questions. I was always that kid, like even playing lacrosse, I would be that annoying kid that was like, hey, coach, like, how was I today in practice? And they'd be like, you were fine. I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) what's fine? Like, I want to I want to play in college. Did I I do that? Is that good enough? And then when you ask more specifically, and you, I would say, like, have a a point you're tr- of, of emphasis that you're trying to get across, then the conversation changes. Like, I know I was like, hey, coach, I want to play in college. How was today? He's like, well, if you're just trying to play, good. But if you're trying to play in college, you were kind of trash, to be honest <laughs> you. Do this. Um, so I, I think that's extremely powerful. Have you had the chance to meet Emily Bowman yet, the girl that does Braid Babes?
1: No, I haven't, but I do follow her on Instagram. So one of these days.
0: She would be someone... Um, to definitely reach out just to spark up a conversation with um because uh, her and I worked together at Soho and before Braid Babes was even like a thing Mm -hmm. she and she probably I don't know if she appreciates or doesn't when I tell this story but (laughs) we were working together on the the, um the back bar on the patio upstairs and she I asked her I was just like hey like no disrespect but (laughs) why do you have (laughs) purple hair <laughs> like why do you have <laughs> purple hair one day pink hair the next day and it's all braided in crazy different types of braids and she's like well I, I you know basically was like I you know I'm into braiding I'm, I'm thinking about starting a business I want to do this and and all that and you know knowing her and you know having a close relationship with her she essentially was just like you know it's not necessarily about the intensity that you work with it's just the daily consistency and always making sure that you're learning mm-hmm. so I don't know if you have, I'll ask you this, but if you haven't, no big deal, but how many people have reached out to you to pick your brain on business? Because obviously perception is reality nowadays. And I'm sure there's been a lot of people that follow your page or follow you and are like, Oh my God, Sarah, you know, I want to be a business owner one day, or I want to do my own clothes one day and will ask you for things. But like you said, and similar to me, we don't really know what we're doing. We're just throwing shit at a wall scene with sticks and where we fucked up on and then moving on from there.
1: Oh yeah. I always tell business owners, I'm sure I've told Taylor this a million times. I feel like a lost puppy at times. Um, but I'm slowly learning my way. I mean, I think back to December when I was, I think I'm clueless now, but I was really clueless back then. Um, and by now I really, I learned how to do so much on my own. I learned how to become a, um, I was originally a DBA and a sole proprietor. Now Mm -hmm. I'm an LLC, which I did that all on my own. Um, Called the right people, got a lawyer, all of that stuff. Um, I did it all on my own. And I posted on my story, posted on my Instagram story, like really excited that I finally became an LLC. And then a few people did reach out to me, a few other smaller businesses. They said, how did you do this? Do you you have a step-by-step? Do you have any advice? So I did. I was... Really happy to help them because I it was crazy to me. Wait, I know how to do this. I have learned and I now I can share my knowledge with them, and even people. A lot of people ask me how I make the sweatshirts. People ask me where I get my supplies, and I don't want to give away all my secrets. But you know what? As sometimes I do. You know, sometimes I really like to help kickstart other people's businesses. So Mm -hmm. it's been nice to get information from other big businesses and then transfer that information to smaller businesses. It's really just, um, work in progress really learning every day. And I'm happy for anyone who wants to come with me and ask my, my little knowledge. I'm happy to give it out.
0: (laughs) For those that don't know what is, I mean, I know, but in, from your, from your perspective, well, not perspective, but from your experience, what is the difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC? one, and then two, why does it matter the difference when you're doing taxes?
1: Yeah. So a sole proprietor is really just, you're working for yourself. um, You're working for yourself and there's really not a lot of coverage. So I recently leased out a studio space and I wanted to really kind of cover my ass. I wanted to become a limited liability company, LLC. So this really helps uh, me in the long run, if anyone takes action against me or my company, Sarah Desmond was the sole proprietor, but the lounge shop is the LLC. So I the lounge shop would be covered completely. Or, I'm sorry, Sarah Desmond would be covered completely. They can't take away my car. <laughs> they can't take mm-hmm. away any of my personal belongings, anything like that. And now... Just having an LLC really helps me with taxes as well. I can I do quarterly taxes now. It keeps me really organized. I have some financial help with lawyers and accountants. It's just having your business. It's one step above. Um, if I want employees eventually, I'm covered with that. And I'm still learning every day. I mean, I learn things. Oh, this is an LLC that can do that too. Oh, great. I'm still kind of clueless. But learning every day and getting my feet on the ground as I go.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, because i it's always like, obviously we learned a little bit about it in school, but yeah. the, it's much different via textbook than hearing it from someone that's actually in business themselves. So yes. um, let's bring it all the way back to day one. So you had this idea. When was the, obviously you said you started with a blank canvas sweater and stuff like I that. Did. Once people started reaching out to you, after you were like, wait a second, I think I might have something here. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna pursue it. What was step one? Like what was the first thing you did? Like in terms of where did you look when you were buying buying clothes? Or where did you look for how to distribute it? And like Mm -hmm. those basic steps without giving all your like secrets away, but just (laughs) on a on a basic level, if you were walking into a business class and giving a speech, what 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 would the things you'd be saying?
1: Oh yeah. So right away when i made those and i just i was wearing them and i posted them on my snapchat my personal instagram and people said where can i buy this my step one was wait i need a platform for people to buy these at. i just don't want to do fedmo cash in person anything like that i wanted to be a business so step one was create an etsy account now etsy is such a great marketplace provider um, they really take care of a lot for you. your shipping labels, New York state tax sales tax. All of that is taken care of all through Etsy. So creating an Etsy was my very first step. Now, I remember I was okay, I'm going to create my Etsy. And then I said, wait, I I need a name. Um, It was my boyfriend and I sitting on my couch, going back and forth probably for a few hours on names. He, to this day, still wants to call my business sweater leather or (laughs) letter. He goes, no, it's going to be golden sweater letters. I'm like, no, Brett, that's horrible. He's probably going to listen to this and be mad at me for (laughs) that. But It's just, it was first, I get a name, get an Etsy, make an Instagram account. So immediately after I got a few orders, I said, wait, I only have those two blank canvases, those two sweatshirts. Now I need to order more supplies. So I sat down and thought of, okay, I need the base sweatshirt. I need the vinyl, the text. I need the tools for the vinyl cutting machine, my heat press, all of this stuff I needed to order. So immediately I was going to Michael's, Hobby Lobby, Joanne's. All of these craft stores had really the basic tools to really kickstart you. Um, they have a lot of tool kit sets, all of that. It's great. And then I needed to find wholesale sweatshirts, joggers, all this gear You know what? Google was my friend. I just Googled away at wholesale sweatshirts. I found a lot of different websites and then it was really trial and error, which ones worked with me and my business, which ones had the best stock, best pricing, all of that. So I eventually found my core two to three websites that I still to this day order from, but really Googling even Reddit. I mean. Reddit, it's a funny place, but reading up about businesses, all of that. I'm all business Facebook pages with other people who have very similar businesses around the country. And it's a great, there are great forums back and forth. You can ask them questions and um, I've asked other business owners you know where do you get your sweatshirts and if they're willing to tell me great if not I was totally understanding of that so Google asking around networking and just really launching my Etsy and Instagram was the very beginning and this all happened the very end of September I had one week off of work from the wedding venue I had one week off and during that week I did not I didn't want to be off. I was like, you know what, why not start my own business during my one vacation week? And then I did it.
0: And what did you, what was like the biggest takeaway from that? Like what was your initial um, expectation versus after you did all that and you saw the response and you saw the success you did have with it? What, what did you learn? Were you just like, Oh, okay. This wasn't as hard as, as daunting as I thought. Or like, what exactly was that?
1: So at first when I was getting all the Etsy orders, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I keep hearing like the cha-ching Etsy noise. It was awesome. And then I thought to myself, oh, shit, I have to make all of this. (laughs) I have to actually do all of this work. So once the Etsy orders come in, it, it was easy and great. And then the realization hit, I need to do so much more now. I have to physically cut out everything, each design weed it out, heat press it on. And then I have to continue marketing. I'm, it's crazy having your own business, um, your own small business. It's hard because you are the designer, you are the packager, you're doing the marketing, you're Mm -hmm. doing everything on your own. So at first I thought it was too bad, but once all the orders started coming in, I just really had to find out how to organize myself. Okay. This day I am designing the next day. I am I know. The next day I'm heat pressing. I really had to narrow it down on what I was doing, when I was doing it. Um, and it was hard work. You know, it, it's still to this day, it's it's very hard work doing it completely on your own. One hundred percent it's worth it, but it's hard. I mean I have boxes of inventory piled up. I, I've learned of how much inventory I need to keep in my apartment, how much um, I need to order at a time. In the beginning, I remember asking my boyfriend, I go, wait, how many sweatshirts should I order in anticipation of orders? He said, I don't know. You figure it out as you go. And, and I did. So I just ordered a ton of them. And now I know consistently how much inventory to have. But to this day, I have boxes piled up in my hallway my kitchen my poor roommate but um (laughs) still learning and it's it's going great hard work but it's so worth it
0: do you have a storefront or no
1: no not not yet so i the past month or two i've actually been going on a lot of storefront tours which i didn't really tell many people this i i wanted a storefront i thought it was ready. I thought it was time. Just so many orders. I thought, hey, what a great spot. I can physically have it as my production studio and have a storefront on top of that. That's great. And as I was going on tours and looking at places, I, you know what? I found a place. I got the lease and I was so close to doing it. But there was just something in me. I mean, maybe it was that fear, but there was something in me that thought maybe this isn't the smartest move right now. Am I just biting off too much am I biting off too much mm-hmm. and I was in I'm still in I'm in tea boutique in Hamburg like the cutest boutique I now have a steady supply in Spruce on Main Street a great store I've been in boutiques here and there I have bartend apparel in their bar and yoga studios so I was thinking more and more I'm like I'm already in all of these awesome boutiques and I don't have to be there during store hours selling them why don't I just get a production studio so Right now, because it's just me, it would have been too much to have a storefront. I don't think I would have be been able to handle it and still go to all of these awesome events. I mean, I have events at Larkin. I have one coming up at half and half on Elmwood. Having a storefront, I would have to be there all the time. And I wouldn't be able to have as much designing time and networking and going all these places. So... I'm happy that I didn't end up getting one but down the road I absolutely um, would love one but far down the road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> far down the road. Um now what are some like I know you touched on it a little bit like you're doing everything from you know packaging to design to you know trying to grow the business via social media and all that. Um but some things you haven't talked about what are some unknown struggles of being your own boss because there are some pros to it and there are a lot of cons to it and it's just for for people that don't know because obviously everyone thinks like being your own boss like i make all the decisions and i am you know i'm making a lot of money and stuff like that but the thing that i don't know especially i didn't when i first started um in real estate is that like it's like everything's on your shoulders like if you Mm -hmm. have a great amount of sales one month it's like okay well now that month's in the past do it again do it again do it again and for a lot of people that can be daunting and self-defeating
1: oh yeah i think sure like when I started this in the beginning, I was like, this is awesome. I'm my own boss. I can make completely my own hours. I can go on a vacation when I want and just shut off the store. You know, it's not that easy. Um, a lot of unknowns are – you forget. You have deadlines. You have you have to follow all of these um, rules and everything. Even though you make your own rules, you still have to get your orders out on time. You have to still – Follow up with deadlines. Um, When I get an order with a boutique, I give myself a strict deadline, even though the orders from boutiques can come in at any time. And maybe, hey, I wanted to go on vacation that week, but now I can't because I have an order. I'm still my own boss. I still make my own rules and hours, but the unknowns are all of these orders you could just get 100 orders in a day and you need to work 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 your ass off to finish those orders so you know what maybe i can't go out with my friends tonight maybe i need to pull an all-nighter which i've done especially during christmas time maybe i need to do this so it, it's hard work and the hours can literally be I'll be working sometimes I'll start drinking coffee at eight o'clock at night and stuff. <laughs> I, people think I, I like would post on my Instagram story I'd be like am I crazy for drinking this right now And everyone would reply yes what are you doing but <laughs> I you know what sometimes I can work best at 1 2 a.m that's when I work really fast probably because I want to go to bed <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's when I'm most productive and um, that's when I do all of that. Now, another unknown, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier, with taxes. I am clueless. I don't want to mess anything up. I want to make sure I'm doing everything right and in, in every way, but I'm such a lost puppy. I'm so clueless. I was terrified of doing something wrong or putting in the wrong numbers and being penalized for it. I talked in New York State, I was like, please, like, I just don't know what I'm doing. Like, help me out. I don't I don't want to get in trouble. Like it's just no one teaches you how to do this stuff there's no one i'm sure if i would have had business school business classes i would have learned much more but growing up and doing all of this i just didn't learn any of this so i'm learning every day um new unknowns come up all the time but the biggest unknowns are taxes and Just legalities, small business insurance, learning what kind of insurance I needed, how much coverage and everything. So lots of crazy, boring legal stuff, but you need to know it. You need to do it right. And I'm learning.
0: Has you being your own business owner and you doing this and obviously the stuff about taxes and stuff like that. And then obviously, like you were saying earlier, how much is your time worth? Which that's the biggest thing because you have to say no to a lot of things because saying yes to a lot of things obviously takes away from your time. And then Mm -hmm. whereas before you were, it was, okay, I could just go do whatever because I'm working at nine to five. Now it's like, I may not be able to take that 20 minute coffee meeting or I may Mm -hmm. not be able to go visit a friend for a quick 30 minutes because that's time that can be invested into the business and stuff like that. How much of you being out on your own has you know, not only helped you, but more so of made you more structured in like your everyday life that had you not done those things, you would never have done it.
1: Oh yeah, I mean- being out on my own, I need to be extremely structured. I need to really just hone down on what I want to do every single day. If your days aren't organized, if you don't really get yourself to get down, do the work, you're not going to get anything done. I mean, it, it's hard, you know, it's hard being on your own and trying to motivate yourself. Working at other jobs, whenever it was stressful or things came up and when it was difficult, you could bounce off that stress on each other, kind of relief. You could really just talk to each other and hang out. Right now it's me. um, just bouncing the stress off myself. So it's hard, but... Having every day organized, having a plan, having deadlines for yourself with a weekly timeline is just so important. Etsy is a really great platform that helps you with that. Now Etsy creates a calendar um, based off of when things were ordered. It'll tell me, okay, it'll have a countdown on when I need to ship out orders. So that helps me a lot. And then I have separate boutique orders that I keep in my own calendar. Organization is literally everything Um or and having an alarm even before this one I had an alarm like an hour before I'm like okay prep for (laughs) podcast like I'm crazy like I have all these alarms on my phone people think I'm crazy but um it helps you know it helps me with my crazy life
0: and how much of being in business has completely shifted your um perspective on personal finance and money
1: oh my god so much it it really has I mean so before working other like nine to five jobs, working at Wegmans, working at gyms, all of that, um, it's just, you're, you're making hourly, you're making I some salary, but having my own job, I can, or having my own business where I can set my own pricing and I can truly say, you know what, my time is worth this. Where in other jobs, you would have to fight you would have to fight the owners, you would have to fight your boss and say, I would like a race to this and they could deny you. But for me, I can raise my prices um, on certain things that I know are quality. I'm putting in so much hard work and time on specific things. I know what my time is worth. Um, I know what this item and product are worth. So it, it helps me. I mean, It helps me with that. And then Etsy also helps me keep organized with my finances. They have a really nice like finance section and everything. I mean, I have all my spreadsheets on my computer, everything like that. So I need to stay organized with my finances. There are just so many other things that I didn't think of that I have to pay for now. Like like I said, small business insurance, my LLC, um, taxes, quarterly, all of that stuff. I mean, all of my packaging I have to remember all of my like business cards my packaging everything adds up so I need to put all of that into my products my sweatshirts I mean it's not just it's not just what I profit what I make on them and what the product costs it's so much more than that so um, it's important to really weigh all that out and make sure that I'm marking these at the right price
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've experienced it yet, but everyone eventually will. Um, I sometimes, actually, I'm all the time with the podcast. <laughs> like, I never know when I'm recording or when I'm talking with someone or even when <laughs> I play it back to edit it, if it's a good episode. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. So for you in business, where is that fine line? Or if you haven't you know, experienced this yet, where in your mind is that fine line of like, okay, this is going to be a hit versus, um, okay, this is actually trash, but one of my friends (laughs) thinks it's a good product. So I'm just going to put it out there anyways, because ultimately you like, they say you want to, you want yourself to be the audience, but when it comes to you building the business and making money, it's the marketplace that determines the value behind how good your products actually are. So where's that fine line of delusion versus (laughs) lack of confidence?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I go through that all the time. I get so excited. when Whenever I think of a new design, immediately I go um, make up a graphic design of it on my computer, send it to my vinyl machine. Immediately I get so excited. I want to post it right away. And then I have to always step back and say, wait, will people like this? Will this be a success? Just because I like it. Does that mean people will not only like it, but will people want to buy it? Will they want to wear it? All of that. They could like it, but not necessarily buy it. So I need to make sure this is something people would wear and everything. This happened to me um, recently. So I, Jockers for the Lounge Shop are pretty new, but Mm -hmm. they are flying off the shelf so there was one day I had three different colors. I just um, I made them, put a really cute little white velvet buffalo on them, and I took this photo. I was like, oh, people might like it. You know, people like sweatshirts better. People love my hats. This photo probably won't do good. These joggers probably won't do great. But you know what? I really like them. Let me post them this photo got like 600 likes like immediately people were messaging me and the orders were coming in I was just blown away because you know what when I I knew they would be a success I knew I would like them but I just didn't think they would be that big of a success and it it, to this day I will post certain things I always post Instagram polls of what people like and don't like and this it still surprises me I mean I posted yesterday or two days ago two different color hats and the one hat I I didn't love the color. It was this weird, like, I don't know, look like gray. People loved it. People went crazy for it. So I was like, all right, like if maybe just my opinion sucked on that hat, but people <laughs> loved it. So It's just really trial and error, and I get a lot of that from Instagram. I love putting up polls. I love seeing how many people like certain posts of new things. I mean, it really helps me out with however many people like this photo. All of those people, um, or the majority, like it and hopefully want to wear it and then hopefully want to buy it. So, a lot of my most, like, Instagram photos are my um, highest products, so... I really test it on Instagram first, and then I'll post it for sale.
0: What is your vision for uh, Buffalo Lounge Shop like? What are you trying to? I know I asked Taylor this as well, but what mm-hmm. are you? When people look at Buffalo Lounge Shop, or they look at your Instagram, what do you want them to take away from it? And how do you want them to distinguish Buffalo Lounge Shop from anywhere else? Like, how? What are you? Like, what is your vision so you can stand out?
1: Yeah. So. I mean, uh, the whole reason I started this, the whole whole reasoning theme behind the Buffalo Lounge Shop is to not only um, look good, but to feel good. I mean, it's so important right now to take care of yourself, to feel so good mentally about who you are, feel comfy, feel cozy. But then you want to feel cute, too. I mean, I'm always the girl. I was always the girl in high school to wear sweatshirts and T-shirts, but I made them cute. You know, I made them fun. I think it's important just to not only look your best, but feel your best, feel good inside. Um, My vision for the future, I really want to expand. I want to have a team of women, kick-ass women, helping me create this, helping all of our minds work, all of our ideas, and then I really want to expand Really, all over the country. I mean, Buffalo is my home forever. I love it to death, but I would love to expand um, other states, other cities, and just spread this around the country.
0: Mm-hmm. And when does when do you think that men's lines
1: coming <laughs> coming in soon? As soon as I can get a few hours of sleep, I will. Yeah. then –
0: get that men's lane out. <laughs> awesome. So, um, a couple more, I mean, we've been talking for almost an hour here, so I just have a couple more questions for you to wrap it up. Um, so you obviously took the risk and it, it's paying off so far. You quit your job. Um, when I was actually with my mom earlier, she, we were talk, I was telling her about a buddy, who he listens to every single episode, which shout out him. He knows who he is.
1: <laughs> and
0: he has a really good job. I'm not going to say where, because it'll give it away who it is, but he was texting me and basically telling me that he has, um, he he's in between two job opportunities um, mm-hmm. that he's contemplating. And he said he really wants to do the one, but he's scared to make the jump. And I was telling my mom about it and I wasn't telling my mom who this was, but And she was saying how it's crazy to her how a lot of people are scared of taking risks because they immediately focus on what could go wrong, but they never think like, oh, what could go right? And how Mm -hmm. a lot of times, unless you take that jump and you take that leap of faith, you don't actually know what one you're capable of and two, how much happier you potentially could be on the other side of it. So for you, I'm sure, again, not to sound corny or cliche, but you took the jump and then obviously you rather than plummeting oh we got the it's on, it's almost like you're in new york city with the sirens <laughs> i
1: live downtown <laughs> I know. no i know <laughs>
0: it's like you're living in new york but i mean oh, they yeah. are in new york but um <laughs> back to what i was saying so it's almost like where you take the risk in that process of jumping you grow not to sound cliche and corny but you grow the wings to carry yourself forward and you're able to be like holy fuck like I'm way happier than I ever thought I would be. Obviously, mm-hmm. sometimes you fail and it doesn't work out. But mm-hmm. on the other side of that, um, if you never take that risk, you never know. So for what, did you, what do you have to say about all that?
1: Oh, take the risk. I mean, if he's listening, 100% take the risk. Of course, it's scary. Of course, there's fear. But if you have that gut feeling, if you're in between two jobs, but there's one you really want to do. Go for it. I mean, of course, you're gonna have little stumbles along the way. There might be little failures along the way, but that doesn't mean the whole thing is a is a failure. If you want it, if you are passionate, you will succeed in the end. Um, I always say, go for it. If there's something you want, do it. If you fail, you know what? You can go back to your other job. You can try a different job. There are so many. It's just not black and white. There are so many routes and so many things that it could lead to. You could network and meet people through that and then find something else. So 100% do it. I always say go for it. Mm
0: -hmm. And what what have you learned about yourself since going into business for yourself that had you not done it, had you not done it, you may have never learned?
1: Uh, I mean, I've learned I can have coffee at midnight and feel great. (laughs) No, but I, you know what, I'm, I've realized I am a strong person. I'm, it's really boosted my confidence. I mean, of course, getting some messages and everything that can be hard to answer, scare people. No one is ever, not everyone is going to be happy with what you produce or what you do or who you are. No, not everyone's going to be happy. So I think it's, I've learned that I'm strong. I've learned that I can take the risks. I can go out and network. I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard and it can be scary to go out to an event where you know no one, but they're all these women entrepreneurs and it can be hard, but I've learned that I'm confident. I'm strong. Like I, I can do this. And um, I've learned that I can run on little sleep, <laughs> but it's great. I mean, I'm just. I'm very happy. I did it, and I'm learning more about myself every day.
0: And okay, and then I have three final questions for you because this yes. has been great. What is the? And I'm not going to be a fraud. I took this from Jay Shetty's <laughs> podcast. Um, but what is the worst advice you've ever been given?
1: Oh, oh God! The worst advice. The worst advice I have ever been given. Someone told me, I remember when I was about to quit my job, I was so close and someone said, well, how, how are you going to make money? Like if you just get a few orders from the lounge shop, like, I think you should keep doing both until next year. I think you should do both until you make this amount of money. And that really hit, it kind of hit like a weird spot in my stomach because they gave me the advice, don't quit. You should make as much money as you can. You need to buy a house one day. You need to make, have a family and do this, this, and this. You know what? I was just like, I'm going to quit. I don't need to make this amount of money. I don't need to hit a certain number to be able to quit. I'm, I can support myself. I can do this. And I was just happy I quit when I did. And I didn't listen to them.
0: And what is the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Oh, the best advice has just been so cliche, but you know, follow your gut, follow your passions and your dreams and just keep going. I mean, I've heard that from so many amazing women entrepreneurs, um, just to follow your passions. If you're passionate about something, you can make it happen. You can keep going and um, make it a reality.
0: Absolutely. And the last question I have for you, uh, which I kind of put you on to, so you weren't like Cause <laughs> some of the people I've put on the spot with it and I haven't told about it, they're like, Oh fuck. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but if you could meet 18 year old Sarah today, mm-hmm. what would you tell her about one, the ups and downs, um, in the struggle with doing this? And then what would you tell her as a piece of wise words to carry with her moving forward in life?
1: Uh, you know, I thought a lot about this 18, 18-year-old Sarah, you know, there was, before you even told me that question, about a month ago, I was telling my boyfriend, I wish I could hug 18-year-old Sarah. You know, 18, 19, I was struggling. I, at one point, I was full-time at UB. I had a waitressing job. And also, I was doing my internship. I was exhausted. I was barely making enough money to pay for gas in my car. I was, I wasn't doing well. And I was thinking, what is all of this for? I was kind of hopeless. And I knew I wanted to get to a point where I was working hard, making money and just happy. I want to tell Sarah to hold on because all of these experiences, everything that you are doing, even that waitressing job has brought you to where you are today. Um, All of those experiences have brought me to the lounge shop and to be this confident, strong business owner, which even just saying that I'm a business owner gives me chills because it's so cool. Um, I'm so proud of myself. So 18 year old Sarah, hang on, take all those experiences in. You're going to get to where you're going.
0: I love it. And I lied. There's one more question. (laughs) Where can people find you? Um, both on social media and how can uh, people get put onto your products?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram and Facebook, Lounge Shop Buffs. So follow me. Definitely see all of our new products and everything. And then I'm also on Etsy. So that's where you can buy everything online. I love doing custom orders, working with brides, grooms, all of that fun stuff. So my Etsy name is also Lounge Shop Buffs. And then if you want to order something right away, if you want to see it in person, I am in t Boutique in Hamburg. Shout out to Taylor. I'm bringing her an order tomorrow of so much fun stuff. I'm in <laughs> Spruce on Main Street, and I'm also in a bartend in Allentown and in North Tonawanda. I have a little, very mini storefront there. Um, so all of that. Those are great locations. Great of them. So check it out and stay lounging
0: stay lounging <laughs> I I got nothing else to say that's it end of podcast <laughs> stay lounging well I thank you for doing this and I'm gonna say it back to you stay lounging
1: <laughs> I love it I love it
0: I'll talk to you thank you
1: thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it